Gordon Smart, Matt Morgan. Radio X. Matt, you've blown my mind with your revelation about horses. They used to be tiny. They used to be tiny, it's true. The, it was a small dog-sized animal, right? When? How I think, recently? I think small dog-sized animal, not small dog-sized. So it's like even <laughs> smaller. It's like a little tiny yeah, chihuahua. Chihuahua, yeah. Uh, 55 million years ago, you had a primitive short face, so you couldn't do the old why the long face joke. Uh, eye sockets in the middle, short diastema. Obviously, that means the space between the front teeth and the cheek teeth. Although it has a low crowned teeth, we see the beginnings of the characteristic horse-like ridges. But basically, its earliest ancestor was a little tiny dog-sized thing. And then it evolved into the horses we know and love and ride today. <laughs> you mention horses quite a lot. You, you're not scared of donkeys as well. Um, no. <laughs> well, they're more disturbing looking than horses. But what I don't like about horses is they look scared to be a horse. <laughs> if you look in their eye, they don't look, they don't look comfortable. The inner monologue of a horse they is look terrifying. Like they're trapped in there thinking... <laughs> like that. Radio X. Good and smart. Matt Morgan. The one job I think that a lot of people, like before you have kids and pets and stuff, yeah. having plants, keeping plants alive is a good test of, it is. you know, it's a good practice for more serious responsibilities, right? When you go on holiday, who do you entrust your plants' lives with, right? Yeah. You entrust with your plants' lives, I should say. Your house plants can now stay in a dedicated hotel while wow. you're on no. holiday. So you know, like a cat hotel or whatever. Yeah, you can take your plants to a plant hotel. This has to be in a posh suburb of London, mm. hasn't it? Um, well, I don't know. Sorry. Actually, it doesn't say where it is. Oh, it's in Battersea, so not that right, posh. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, you could go there if you were posh. <laughs> yeah. you could slum it for a day. And <laughs> take your plants down in the yeah. rolls. So how does um, it work then? You just got to fill up the back of a van. This is how it works, right? You, you're going on holiday, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, hang on, right? Online plant delivery shop Patch has come up with a solution, a dedicated hotel for houseplants. Yes, you can leave your plants at the hotel safe in the knowledge they'll be cared for by a team of specialists, right? This is my problem with it, and I've always got a problem with these sort of things. <laughs> they, they take the idea of the hotel way too far. They've got 100 rooms. Right, so you book a room for your plants. What? You, they, don't why don't that. they just tag them with your name and your like yeah. whatever, your details, and then just put them in a big greenhouse where they're all being looked after? And then when you come and get them, they just yeah. You know, yeah. But the <laughs> thing is that the the um, sort of product that they're offering, you fill in a huge form with all the details of. Do you know what I mean? Like the routine. Like yeah. people who are so. In, obsessed with their plants like going oh he likes reggae and stuff like that <laughs> right they fill out a form first like i reckon they don't even read the forms yeah. i don't want to actually cast aspersions on patch who've come up with a brilliant idea <laughs> uh, rose grower that's her real name i mean make it <laughs> no, that what you will there's only that's what it says the nah. hotel manager explains the hotel is a sanctuary for your beloved plants they'll be in great company and looked after with the respect and love they so richly deserve Right, they're plants. Come on, um, the hotel not only keeps your plants alive, but your relationships too. Because they're saying, you know, like when your family let you down and your plants die, so I think it's yeah. really bad, isn't it? Uh, yeah, hundred rooms. It's and open from Thursday the fifth of September. So this is happening now. Wow. I mean, this. Is, so like, you say they've got little hotel rooms, so they have like a little bit of water, Walker shortbread and a Corby trouser yeah. press, <laughs> like porn channel and everything. <laughs> but like. How like this is my thing with it. If a like if a pet dies, like a rabbit, that's almost replaced. Like you could, they could go and buy another rabbit and just mm. they might maybe right. Right. So it's, <laughs> I mean, so that's not pretty. I know, but I'm dodgy. saying, but, but with plants, plants, yeah, you could. How easy would it be to when the fern dies, just get another one, put yeah. it in the same pot, and just say if you say, oh, it looks a bit different. Go, oh no, he's had a great time in the hotel. Ah, oh, you've not been <laughs> looking after very him, Very refreshed. Right? Rosie, what was her name? Rosie Grower. Rose, Rose Grower. Rose That's Grower. nominative determinism, isn't it? <laughs> I think it's a fake name. When your name yeah. is what you do. Rose ah, Grower. Nominative Grower. determinism. Very impressive, that, isn't it? Yeah. Well, we're going to look for examples. The irony being Gordon Smart. <laughs> Radio X. Gordon Smart. Matt Morgan. Hey Matthew, what do you see? Carol Fialka. Hey Matthew, what do you see? I see a load of sexy fat guys. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Just looking around here. <laughs> <laughs> Five scientific reasons why women love fat guys. Hit us with them. Right, in one. <laughs> Hot fat guys are a product of evolution. <laughs> 
Those who could store fat easily had an evolutionary advantage in the harsh environment of early hunters and gatherers. So that's that old thing of like, yeah. the king was all fat and rich and so he'd be attractive. So it's a sort of status symbol of fatness. Like, in two, what? I was going to one? I was going to say gout. Like the, what's it called? The king's disease, isn't it? The sexiest mm. disease on earth. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, your love handles can handle longer lovemaking. Men with noticeable bellies and higher BMIs last 7.3 minutes longer in bed than slimmer men. Ah. I don't know how that is. Is that not a question of circulation, though? It might be. Okay. They've just got no feeling. Move on. Uh, <laughs> number three, women like fat guys because they look skinnier next to them. A bit shallow. <laughs> Who's written this? I don't know. I don't think they're qualified in any way. As as they, they've claimed these are scientific reasons. But, um, yeah, women, they, yeah, they feel more secure about their own body if their man looks like he's about to die. Um, <laughs> four, fat men are considered trustworthy. Mm. According to who? Well, they're sort of jolly, I guess. I don't know. They're jolly. Um, trustworthiness uh, is not the same thing as attractiveness, but it definitely appeals to, adds to the appeal of fat men. And the final one is that fat guys are thought to be funnier. Right. I don't know if they actually are. But while all fat men aren't necessarily funny, pop culture has socialised most people to believe that fat people are jolly and fun. A lot so, of that seems that. quite speculative and yeah. may, like based on kind of urban legend, really. It's utter rubbish. It is, isn't it? Do you find fat men attractive? Mm. I thought you were asking me. I mean, I know you do. <laughs> oh, yeah. Definitely have to choose between the Love two. Love motorboating a fat guy. <laughs> what is Butter me up a fatty. <laughs> this is Radio X. Gordon Smart. Matt Morgan. We're talking about having one thing to do, one job to do, based on Don Cheadle and Ocean's Eleven. You had one job to do! You had one job to do! Matt Morgan, when he was working on a building site, had one job to do, just bumping a wheelbarrow full of concrete onto a wooden plank to get it across for the builder. He didn't do it very well. It's cement, isn't it? Not concrete, that's what I meant. Ah, sorry, yes. I was so bad at that job, I don't even know what it was called. <laughs> you had one job to do! Yes. See, that's what you've come in, oh, you've got one job to do is tell stories. <laughs> uh, we asked for your examples, 83936 at Radio X. When did you have one job to do and get it horribly wrong? Well, Kieran and Darby says, I was asked to pick up mine and my partner's passports for a holiday, meet her and her parents at the airport. I was in a bit of a rush, completely forgot to pick them up, and we missed the flight. Oh, the feeling of not passport, having a passport, is the worst feeling. All he had was... You had one job to do! One job to do, I did we, that. We lost all our passports, me, Katie, and both kids. We just didn't have them by the time we got... We were in America, yeah. at a sister's house, flying home in a few days, and we were like, where are our passports? We had to go to... We had to drive into LA, go to the passport office, get temporary passports, oh. the whole thing. Then months later, we got the um, this big suitcase out of the cupboard, and they were in the front pocket. Yeah. But they but they drifted up into yeah. the like, <laughs> drift, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like up into, into the, the silky lining. <laughs> and then when we'd put it in the cupboard and bumped it, they'd yeah. have dropped back down into the pocket as if they'd been there all along. Yeah, that is a really satisfying thing, though, isn't it? When you discover something months later that you thought oh, that you was were. not satisfying. That was <laughs> ah, the amount of hassle we went through. If you're in a band or you work travelling quite a lot. A lot of people have two passports, don't they? Do they? Yeah, absolutely. How? Yeah, you have to have. Um, I remember being on tour with bands. They've got, they've all got two passports. Well, so one, a backup. Your tour manager keeps one, and you have one as well. Yeah, just in case that happens. I didn't think you could have two. I no, thought that was you the can. Whole you point. can. I'm telling you. Right, since so have you got one for yeah, us? Yeah, I love this one. Uh, no name, but the number ends 034. says, my colleague once served creamy mash on a cake to a customer instead of clotted cream. You had one oh. job to do. How do you get those two confused? <laughs> Why was there mash? Oh, there's too many questions. Too many questions. Um, this is from Anonymous the Painter. So I think... <laughs> That's Andy the painter. I once nearly burnt down Wigan Little Wigan Little Theatre after being asked to sheet up the changing rooms backstage. He's a painter. Before my boss painted it, a few hours later, a sheet had caught fire on the lights surrounding the mirrors. I had to run outside with it and stamp it out. You had one job to do. This is Radio X. Good and smart. Matt Morgan. Gordon Smart, Matt Morgan and Sunta Templeton. We are standing in for Johnny Vaughan for the next week. It's absolutely miserable outside in London. I don't know where you are in the country right now, but if it's miserable, just lock the doors, stay in, turn the radio up and listen to stories about Sunta Templeton's unbelievable luck. Mm. You've got proper beginner's luck. Yeah, I Tell, do. Talk us through your Saturday night. So I went to Secret Cinema Presents uh, Casino Royale. 
So the Bond Good film start. got all glammed up, got some missions, failed, but <laughs> did play some poker. And it's all fake. It's not for real money or anything. But, you know, you're kind of in character and you're, and yeah. you're doing it. And I had a little idea about how to play poker, but not really, really knew what I was doing. But um, I won two out of three hands. And not only just won them, I spectacularly won. <laughs> I did an all-in right. bet and then won. See. Were you pushing money. actual plastic chips yeah, in? Yeah, yeah, Aww. yeah. It was great. <laughs> it was so cool. <laughs> there are things you don't want to discover a hidden talent for, Suntan. Right. I'm going to venture that poker is one of them. I know, and I'm going to put it down to the fact that it was very much beginner's luck because I, I, everyone knew I didn't really know what I was doing. Good it effort. wasn't like I... I kind of was on top of it. I was a bit like, what, um, now? Th this one? Now? Okay, yeah. Oh, did I win? But, um, yeah, See, it was great. I don't know if you're the same as me, but I always convince myself that there is still something out there that I'm going to discover that I am genuinely world-class at. Mm. It's like one day somebody will hand you all the cross thing. Thing? <laughs> and you're like, this is it. it. This is the thing. This is the sport. This was the one. First time I ever did golf, mm. I teed off from the clubhouse. I've never played this. <laughs> <laughs> it went all the way down. Honestly, it landed on the green, is it? Like, yes. It didn't go in. It wasn't yeah. a hole in one, but it landed on the green, and I got a round of applause from the clubhouse, wow. yes. which I could not back up. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I literally was like, you know, I honestly thought, oh, this is well easy. Yeah. Did you, so turn, good did you turn around and just grab your, the, the, the front of your cap with two fingers and just nod towards them? No, I sort of went, I don't know how I did that. <laughs> Radio X. Good and smart. Matt Morgan. You had one job to do. You had one job to do and you got it horribly wrong. We've been sent in so many goodens. Great examples. 83936 at Radio X. You had one job to do, Matt Morgan. Yeah, well, the one job was to tell me what we were doing in this thing. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't prepared for it. Yeah, do you, do you want, want me to read out this essay from Ian? Yeah. Yeah. Is that what you want me to do? Yes. Here we go. Hello all. When we moved into new commercial premises, there wasn't anywhere for the lads to make a brew. So I went out and got kitchen units, worktop and sink. I fitted the units, run the pipework and drainage with just the sink to fit. The next one of our lads said he used to be a carpenter and would fit the sink as he had the skills. 20 minutes later, he appeared in the office, red faced saying, I need to show you something. <laughs> when I went down to have a look, he cut the hole in the worktop and the sink dropped straight through. <laughs> literally have one job to do. Thanks. Ian. Beautifully done, beautifully done. Uh, this one come in from number ending 837. We went on a family holiday to Jersey and decided to visit another part of the island. Dad put me in charge of map reading because he said mum was useless at it. I managed to navigate <laughs> us all the way around the island, right back to where we started from. Excellent work. One Reset job to do. Nav days. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, want to try, I wanted to try to make a surprise Christmas cake. Instead of adding two teaspoons of sugar, I added two tablespoons of salt. I did that when I was 13. I'm now 22 and it still gets brought up at home. That's from Charlie. Charlie, you dafty. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, they do look similar. Mark in Liss. After a day of putting new guttering and fascias up, the next door neighbours came home and said, what a nice job we'd done. Then said he was supposed to be having his done that day. <laughs> oh. This is Radio X. Good and smart. Matt Morgan. There's a story that really tickled me at the weekend, right? A tweet was posted... Uh, it was a young Microsoft Excel user in Japan asking a question which most people will find quite funny, I think. The question was, why is the save icon a vending machine with a beverage dispensed? All right, so just imagine that for a second. But the post, of course, we all know what that actually really is. It's a floppy disk for anybody of our generation. Well, we but, don't all know. Well, we do, well what, what, when did we stop using floppy disks? A About long 15 time years ago, ago, maybe? 20, 20 years, years More ago. More than that, yeah. So this young character using Microsoft Excel saved something, was confused by the icon that was there. Mm. So actually, when you look at it, it does look like a vending machine with a little can on it. And it's just started a whole thing about obsolete references, right? So I'm thinking of other things. So when you play charades with your kids or your family, right? this occurred to me the other day with my daughter. She was asking me how she presented a film. So what do you do? You hold a little hold camera. and you turn the little thing. Yeah, so yeah. it's got reels. But to, that means absolutely nothing to children, does it? Because they will just think of a digital camera. Yeah. It's completely obsolete analogue yeah. technology. You were, if you were miming to someone, do the window down. Yeah. Like, you'd go like that. Even <laughs> oh, though yeah, they were like trying to... Yeah, so to a kid, they'd think, what? Do you still a film? <laughs> this sounds ridiculously middle class, but do you still get cars with wind-down windows? You probably... I don't It might be out of service now. I don't think you do. That's mad, isn't it? You probably do, actually. Can you think of any other examples of that? Well, I looked this up, actually, and there is a word which is, I think, skewer... Oh, God. Skewer morph? 
skew I think them off. Yeah, on Wikipedia, you know, after the word, it gives you the phonetic spelling. Mm. So you think, oh, now and and that's just hieroglyphics. That's <laughs> way less help than the word skew them off. Producer Joe can read that. It's actually a, a oh, technique, really? isn't it? You can learn it as an actor. Did linguistics? Was it? Ah. Yeah, yeah, phonics. phonetics. Um, it is a so it's an object, right? For example. A, um, you know, like a car with wooden panelling. That's the first example on Wikipedia, right? So it's echoing a previous incarnation of that thing, yeah. right? So there are dial, you know, the old rotary dial phones. Yeah. There's phones that look like that, but they're push button. Yes. So yes. that is a skewer morph, right? And in technology, on your phone, for instance, on yeah. the old, uh, on the old iPhone, you know, when you had like your address book. It was designed to look like it had little, you know, spring down the side. Yeah, it was yeah. like an address book. Yeah. Address or book. like post-it note notes on a computer that look like they are skewer morphs. Skewer morphs. So if you're not aware of what it's actually referencing, you just would think, why are those things it. yellow with lines on? What like your email has a picture of a letter on it. Yeah, which is now pretty much obsolete as well, isn't it's it? obsolete. Radio X. Good and smart. Matt Morgan. Hey, Matthew, what do you see? If you've never heard that song, that's probably the weirdest thing you've heard on radio for a long, long time. Matt, what do you see? I see neighbours hiding in their house with all the windows closed, hiding from human faeces. <laughs> <laughs> what on earth are you talking about? What? What? Well, listen. <laughs> neighbours in a quiet Yorkshire village have hit out at the local farmer for using human faeces to fertilise his fields and stinking out their homes. Are you allowed to do that? Yep, apparently. It's uh, as long as it's been treated, and then do you know what it's called? No. Night soil. <laughs> night soil. If it's human excrement. Night soil. Night soil. I've heard about the night stinks, but I've never. Yeah. No. Honestly, raw human excrement was spread over the fields. Uh, it used to be banned because it contained dangerous contaminants. But if they've treated it, it's sometimes called black sludge. Yeah. I mean, it's not very marketable product <laughs> night soil or black sludge but yeah you can use it um but they say because like you know normally like horse manure, yeah, manure or something yeah, like that yeah it's not a Slurry. nice smell but like you can deal with it it's got it's the smell of the countryside mm -hmm. but once you go human that is not the smell of the countryside is yeah, it that's like the a, smell of things that have gone very wrong like a spanish water slide park unmistakable smell yeah drained yeah exactly uh <laughs> they said I mean, listen to this. I don't think there's any worse sentence in the English language than don't worry, it'll crust over. <laughs> Look, I've got to apologise for anybody who's preparing their dinner at the moment, so sorry about, this. Sorry about that. It'll crust um, over. But think of the people who are living with this. They first put it on two years ago in the May, and yeah. I went to have a word with the delivery driver, and he told me not to worry about it. It would crust over and the smell would go. It ruined our summer. They can't have friends round. They can't have they can't have a barbecue. Oh, they can. No, that's and, um, horrendous. Yeah, so apparent. And then they've looked into. It. They said the stench is disgusting. They say it's been treated and it gets rid of the bugs. But I've read so much stuff that it has E. coli, Salmonella, tapeworm eggs, and parasites in it. Oh, jeez. But it's perfectly legal to use and it's cheap. It's actually given to farmers. It says sometimes. Really? Yeah, it's like a sort of government subsidy. I like, need to hear from an yeah. expert here because, like, slurry is common practice, isn't it? Like you say, the smell of the countryside. Yeah. But is this more potent or more powerful for crops or something? Why? Why are they? Would you want to eat something that was grown in it? <laughs> like that's gross, isn't it? Yeah, it's absolutely horrific on every level. My friend went to some sort of retreat and they said that they recycled all the um, human waste yeah. as plant food for the vegetarian food that they were growing there. Mm -hmm. I just thought, no. Oh, man. Like you can, I, I'm into the environment to a certain point, mm -hmm. but once that starts happening, what was, I'd rather what, go to McDonald's. What was the name of your band again? Uh, the Jesters of Malice. Could be the name of your new album, couldn't it? Night, what was it called? Night Soil. The oh, Jesters yeah, of Malice and Night Soil. Radio X. Good with people. Hiya, are you ready to order? We can help you take the skills you already have to a new role. Hiya, Millie. I've brought you a cardi. How are you feeling today? I'm very well, thank you, love. For helpful advice and the latest vacancies, visit gov.uk slash job help. A good place to start. Radio X. Good and smart. Matt Morgan. That's Kasabian and Fire on Radio X. My name is Gordon Smart and we've got a returning friend of the station, friend of the show, just generally one of our men, one of our own. 
Thank you very much, Gordon. Kelly Jones, see. Should just guess it from the accent, can you? <laughs> the beautiful lilt. How are you? I'm amazing, mate. Good to see you. Yeah, good really to see you. Really good to You've got new stereophonics music to tell me yeah. about, but before we get into any of that, you were early today, and I think it's important people know that. Yeah. I often get asked, what are rock stars like? Well, Kelly Jones is early. Yeah, I do. I am I am very punctual. I am... I, uh, I always have been, really. I don't know why, but... There's a lot to get done, isn't it? We're very grateful for it. There's a lot to get it. done. Not as early as Mark Wahlberg getting up at three in the morning doing his gym routine. <laughs> is that all about it? Eh? I'm early. I should point out as well, Kelly is currently drinking from a, what a looks like a suspicious can. You haven't come with your own white lager. I haven't. This is not my new brand. <laughs> brand of lager, but uh, yeah, yeah, natural spring water in a, in a white, matte white can. What were you saying, nice, you were saying earlier on, your first, there he is, you're drinking. Mmm, delicious. Mm. Yeah. What was the first can you had with Stuart? Uh, I was in Stuart's mother's house and um, he pulled out, uh, for, you know, they used to have these little cupboards in the working class houses in the, in Wales where you'd have an electric meter or something behind some hidden <laughs> cupboard yeah. and there was four cans of Scandia Green. Scandia Green? We were drinking a can of that warm and we thought we were yeah. rock and roll drinking that but it was... That water was probably closer to the way we tasted, to be honest. Dear me, Scandia Green, that'll yeah. put hairs on your chest. It exists, but if it does... Don't send me loads of cans. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a lorry. Right, yeah, you've got new music. Now, Kelly, yeah. every time we speak, I've noticed this the last few years. Yeah. You've always got a story, a particular story behind it. So I remember graffiti on the train. You caught mm. a lad climbing on your roof, I seem to remember. We did, yeah. And then Chaos from the Top Down yeah. as well. It was like a, a really shocking moment in your life, something that happened where you live. Yeah. This new song is called Fly Like an Eagle. Tell us the story. What's it all about? Where it come from? Uh, well, I, I guess the whole album, really. I mean, I finished... I finished touring the last album in, in Brooklyn, a place called uh, Brooklyn Steel. That was the last show last September. We did a bit of a Beastie Boys cover as well just to finish off. That was quite cool. Oh, what song? Um, I think we did Fight For You, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. But we didn't tell the crew we were doing it, so there was a lot of surprise fits inside <laughs> of the stage. Anyway. Um, but I'd got to the point, I think we'd been out for about 18 months, and I wasn't sick of playing, but I was getting, getting quite tired of because the show lasted like two and a half hours but there's a lot of time during the day where I was doing nothing really mm -hmm. a lot of dead time and I was getting a bit fed up of it after 24 years whatever hotel rooms and all the rest of it even though it's the best job in the world you get to the end of it and you could be like oh I'm done now so when I came back I um, I didn't have writer's block or I've never really had writer's block or anything like that but I just didn't feel like um, doing anything I mm -hmm. felt like stopping for a change and see what would happen when I stopped and I didn't really like stopping, it turned out. After about two, three months, I thought, well, it's not stopping, this really doing it. And all these songs started to happen. And they just started to kind of channel through me, really. And they began telling me what was going on with my head or whatever I was feeling or whatever. And they started informing me about things I felt I was going through. And it became quite a very, I guess, a very vulnerable, kind of honest, personal record about stuff I was feeling at the time. And... I didn't really think I'd ever release a lot of the songs because they were just coming through in a very natural way. The, the lyrics were just flying out onto the page and stuff like that. And the really personal stuff. Yeah, yeah. and I didn't really, um, I didn't really care if anybody liked it or anything like that. At the time I was doing it, you know, it was just much more about kind of a cathartic experience, really. Yeah. And um, I just didn't, I did, didn't know what was going to happen with the record because I felt it had a very much a, a very country slant to it. Um, and I guess "Fly Like an Eagle" is is about. That really, I thought it was about I needed to stop, but I think it was much more about needing to make some changes, uh, be a bit kind of literally kinder to myself as well, give myself an hard time about a lot of stuff, mm -hmm. um, and make some changes really and get out of the comfort zone a little bit. So, I guess you know, when the line came out, um, fly like an eagle and dare to reborn, it, it wasn't so much a religious thing, it was much more about um, just being a bit more open to new things and changing things yeah. in my life really this isn't like a kelly jones becoming part of the instagram self-help generation uh no it's not self-help really. <laughs> no. is there is there such a thing i didn't know if there was such a thing as that but um, yeah. no it's much more about it's it's a record that's it's just uh i didn't really analyze it then let me just yeah. say that i didn't look at it didn't i didn't question it it just came out and, uh, and a lot of records come that fast but these these songs came super fast and then I wanted to record them that way, so we recorded the whole album. We did about 16 songs in the studio, there's only 10 on the record. But we recorded it all in 11 days. That's mad, 11 and, uh, days, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it was a really good experience, and everybody was just on it. I had demos before I went down, and me and Jamie did the demos. Jamie was on a cardboard box, and I just had a couple of mics, and we did them yeah. all, and we went down and just banged them out. And it was very soulful, very country, very, very yeah. honest, and... Um, Kind of like the records I loved when I was a kid, really. Yeah. Um, you know, I loved you know a lot of that Neil Young, Eagles, 
Dolly Parton, you know, um, uh, Let It Bleed Stones kind of vibe, that kind of yeah. type of album, you know. I was going to say as well, it was recorded at the distillery. There's a song on the album called Hungover For You. Mm. You still managed it at 11 days, but yeah. there wasn't much alcohol feel in this, was there? There was, uh, we'd have Guinness and red wine at the end of the night. Yeah. But during the session, we were all right. We didn't go out to the pub in it. Yeah. No. But, um, <laughs> but I did enjoy a couple of Guinness at the end of it. Well, he's early for interviews. He's a professional. Yeah. So this got his first play this morning on Radio X. But if you haven't heard it, here it is for the first time on this show. Fly Like an Eagle, brand new from Stereophonics. Radio X. Thinking about quitting. Think it's time now. Radio X. Good and smart. Matt Morgan. Radio X. Stereophonics fly like an eagle. Brand new from them. Kelly Jones is with us right now. Kelly, I've got to tell you, every time I read out your band's name, it makes me laugh because I knew this total rascal in Edinburgh, a bookie called Donny. Yeah. And he was always trying to keep in touch with the younger lads, like, and he used to call you the Stereophonics. <laughs> And I have to battle myself not to say the stereos. Well, and you thought that's what he really was? He genuinely thought. Have oh, you seen that band, that the Stereophonics? They're really good, eh? They don't even. But there's a, in Wales they just say stereo, but they say Stereophonics. They miss yeah. out the E in Wales. So it's disappearing. So we've got the pub over the road, and in Glasgow they call it All Baroni. Oh, yeah. so all bar one. <laughs> all bar one. So we just heard "Fly Like an Eagle," and you know when, when I first saw the song name pop up in my uh, on my inbox, that I reminds me of it. another one. Actually, it was, a, on, it, was a, it was a geezer who was working in a double glazing factory. That's when we were kids, and he goes, "I'm going to get my mother that new perfume for Christmas." I said, "What's that?" He goes, "That one, you know, Joey Deviv." It's class. Love a bit of that and head down to Alberoni. I when I first saw the name of the song "Fly Like an Eagle," for some reason Joe Cocker popped into my head. All oh, right. And I then, think there's, I'm not sure, I'd found it, I'm not sure, did Peter Frampton have one called yeah, it as well? I think so, we were trying to yeah. think of other songs with eagles in them, but actually what I was thinking was, that was a famous double act, right? It was yeah. Joe Cocker, it was Jennifer uh, Warren, was she, was she yeah, called? Uh, yeah, they did fly, uh, uh, Up Love Where We Belong. Yeah, Love Up With Me Up Where We Belong, yeah. where the eagle cries in a mountain That's high. right, yeah. But it got me thinking, right, have you done a duet with a famous female singer? Well, it's funny you should say that, because when I just did this solo tour, um, I'm going to do a few more shows in September, but it mm. went down really well. And, and the band I had playing with me was a band from Austin, Texas called yeah. The Wind and the Wave. And it's a great, it's a girl and a guy, basically. Uh, and she's called Patricia Lynn, and mm. she's um, an amazing singer. Uh, the first album's called From the Wreckage. You should check it out, actually. It's amazing songs, isn't it? Yeah. But anyway, I'm, I'm making a record with them as well. <clears throat> so um, we're probably going to give it an, another band name and a bit of a side project thing, but... Her voice and my voice go really well. We did a couple of Tom Petty, Stevie Nicks songs on yes. that too, and they worked really well. Because so. that's what we were thinking, is that yeah. if you could select a voice or choose a voice that would blend with yours. She's got a brilliant voice, so that's, that's going to be good when we get that together. So Excellent. we've done half the album, we're going to do the other half in September. Yeah. So Is anybody else you'd like year. to sing with? Anybody you've ever considered that would, would blend together? Women-wise? Yeah. Um, Stevie Nicks, I've always loved wow. Stevie Nicks' voice. Yeah. Know? I just think, uh, and I, I'm, and I uh, Chrissy Ayn as well. I think yeah. she's got... Um, a great attitude to her voice. I mean, I love all the singers like Aretha Franklin and stuff like that, yeah. but I wouldn't dare go near all that. But I, I Why like, not, Kelly? I like the rock and roll. Back yourself, back yeah. yourself. Now, we saw you recently, very recently in Swansea, which we was, did. it was the witching hour when we were it's, there. It was. <laughs> a long day on the it beach. It was. Back Jeez. in Swansea. Uh, what a great day. And we also took you back to Cardiff University. That yeah. was last year now, thinking back to it. Yeah. But we've, we asked our listeners for some questions for you, and Pete wants to know a very specific Welsh question. He says, uh-huh. uh, when will you head back to Quimamam? Uh, the art centre after the institute closed down is his what he's suggesting. Yeah, well, we've been asked to buy the working men's club and all sorts of stuff in that place <laughs> a few times. It's, yeah. Unfortunately, people don't go out anymore the way they used to. They all yeah. drink in the house with cans. If there was, if there was um, a situation like if it was like it was when I was there, then I would definitely get involved in it because yeah. it was people out all the time, you know, and having a good crack and you know sharing stories and stuff, but. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, we did a lot of rehearsing in that place and stuff like yeah. that, in the old theatre and stuff, but not yet, anyway. Maybe Richard will put his hand in his pocket for once. <laughs> and here we are, sitting can, sitting drinking cans <laughs> of water. What has happened to us? Uh, Carl asked a question as well, and you, you've had a great record of supporting incredible bands from the Rolling Stones and the Chilies all the way through, but if yeah. you could support any other artist, who would it be? And that's Carlos's question. Um, well, we've done, man, we, we did Bowie's last tour in America, yeah. which was amazing. I, I was telling a story about that the other day, like, we were doing these sound checks before Bowie, and we would sit there and 
you know, because he was watching us do the sound check every day, we would play like oh, about 30 seconds of this song and about 40 seconds of that song, just trying out different guitars because there were different tunings and capos. Yeah. And he'd be there watching and then did there about five songs and, and I'd walk off the side of the stage and he'd, he'd put his arm around me and walk back to the dressing room and he'd go, you know, if you extended a few of those songs, you might be onto something. <laughs> <laughs> On the wind-up, though. Yeah. yeah brilliant. Yeah, but that is great. He had a proper sense of humor. He was lovely. Kelly Jones yeah. is sticking around. But before we have more from Kelly, we're going to play a band that you'd quite like to be in, I think. You said oh, yeah. The Strokes? Yeah, yeah, I love The Strokes, yeah. Yeah, we toured them a lot in Japan and in America a few times. So. Good in the night out? They were good nights. They were good mornings are as well. T- are, they t- <laughs> are they top five, Kelly? Yeah, no, they're definitely top five. Top, top five right? Definitely top five. Kelly Jones' top five drinking partners, the Strokes. This is hard to explain on Radio X. Radio X. Good and smart. Matt Morgan. Matt, I'd like to share a story about Ozzy Osbourne with you, if I may. Okay, go on. Now, I've long wondered about this because I definitely think there is some kind of genetic makeup that means that some people are just life survivors. Absolutely true. Regardless definitely. of what you chuck them, doesn't matter how many Woodbine or Regal King size you smoke, you Keith will live Richards. on. Yeah, he's definitely one of them, right? So researchers are now claiming that Ozzy Osbourne is indeed a genetic mutant, thereby proving the theory that I've, <laughs> I think I might have some of this DNA as well. I think I could just you just survive. What? I think I might have a bit of the putting yourself in the bracket of Ozzy and <laughs> yeah. Keith Richards. I think I've got a little bit of that in me. Wishful yeah. thinking, that isn't is it? Not. I think so. I think I should look older than I do now, considering some of the stuff I've done. Anyway, it's been a wonder to see to some how Ozzy Osbourne has managed to survive through some of his experiences over the years. But there is a scientific clue. See, I can't even say it like Ozzy. <laughs> This is really good, this. Right, so the New York Post reports that back in 2010, scientists at a company called the brilliantly named Gnome Inc., that's not Gnome with a G, it's with a K, they decided to study a remarkable human being's DNA and they chose to take a closer look at Aussie, right? Hang on, wait. You know my bugbear about scientists wasting money? (laughs) They should have looked at, like, Mo Farah or someone. No, 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 this is worthwhile research because if they find out why Aussie's so resilient... It might help other people who are a little bit weaker. Is, but the, my theory of Aussie is like, is he resilient? Because he's not exactly like, you know, a, a nuclear physicist. <laughs> he's, wall, he's stumbling around, going, where's my glasses and stuff. He's not like, has he survived? I think he has. He has. He's right. shambling so along. There's a book called Pleased to Meet Me, Genes, Germs and the Curious Forces that Make Us Who We Are. So a fella called Bill Sullivan has written it, right? right. Now, Sullivan's research... Ozzy has a never-before-seen mutation that has allowed him to consume alcohol in great quantities and several genetic variations that predisposed him to drug and alcohol dependency. And this is where the line in the book is. It says, Ozzy is indeed a genetic mutant. Right. What a great thing to have. So it's like, there is like different genes help you process alcohol. So some people, everyone knows those people who have two drinks and go mad. Yeah. And then some, like, I have to work at getting drunk. Like, yeah. you, you, if you've got, like, like, hollow legs. Yeah, that sort of thing. You can, like, sort of process have have it a run quite up. quickly. You have to have a run-up at it. Now, yeah. Ozzy said this 10 years ago. He said, I was curious. Given this, I'm not going to do the voice. Given the swimming pools of boo- booze I've consumed, uh, not to mention all of the cocaine, morphine, sleeping pills, cough syrup, LSD, rehypnol, you name it. <laughs> oh. There's really no plausible medical reason why I should still be alive. Maybe my DNA could say why. That was Aussie in 2010. He said that. And there's a brilliant line as well from Sharon. She said, I've always said that at the end of the world, there will be roaches, Aussie and Keith Richards. <laughs> Which is great, <laughs> isn't it? About being survivors. He's going to outlive us all. That fascinated me. How his body can endure so much. So that study, I think, is worthwhile. Do you know that the monkeys, right? So basically, uh, I can't remember where it is, but there's monkeys on the beach in some like yeah. uh, imagine thailand or something right and they steal the drinks yeah like the mind sweeping drinks. Yeah. You do a bit of mind sweeping, mind sweeping right mm. and so with the monkeys it is exactly the same percentages of the monkeys as humans as the way they react to alcohol right mm. so some monkeys are just like not interested mm-hmm. some monkeys will drink to the point of collapse some will have a little bit have fun and yeah. then like go away and not drink anymore and it, the percentage is exactly the same as human beings the way that we react to alcohol yeah. so there is something in that do the monkeys ever have one and just start staring at each other going you're looking at Radio X As shops open up again how do we all stay safe? Fontaine runs a craft store We've made the shop Covid safe If you can't keep two metres apart make sure it's one metre with extra precautions Know the number of customers allowed in at any one time. Use the hand sanitizer at the entrance and use contactless payments. I'm loving serving customers again, but please, to keep us open, we've all got to keep to the guidelines. 
Stay alert. Control the virus. Save lives. Radio X. Good and smart. Matt Morgan. Talking about middle class burdens. And it appears the studio has really lost touch with itself. It's oh, tragic, isn't it? We're bad. We're really bad. It's tragic. Susan O'Boyle. I hope that's the real name. Not <laughs> somebody having a laugh. I have to wait another week to get my eyelash extensions redone. Oh. See, that could be more working class because eyelash extensions. I mean, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But then moaning about it being a week, I'll give her that. It's an expensive business. It Getting is. that done yeah. every week. Yeah. Apparently. Shinta? Uh, <clears throat> Uh, no name on this, but number ends 137. Uh, mine is uh, is the air conditioning. Yes. On a blistering hot day, when my car is keeping me lovely and cool, I'm either moaning that the air feels too artificial or that I'm too cold. <laughs> he just That's missed out. That's key thing there, in, isn't it? And, and he nearly said Range Rover, but deleted that before he sent it. <laughs> <laughs> Phil in Chorley says, I was close to throwing a, tant- a full-on tantrum the other week when the supermarket had no avocados. Oh. They'd moved them. Oh, awkward. <laughs> Which, that annoys me, actually, when they move things around mm. in a supermarket. But yeah. anyway, he also went to the convenience store near my mother-in-law's house and was horrified they didn't have green and black's dark chocolate. <gasps> oh. My wife told me to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Rightly Alex, so. Alex in Sheffield, you can imagine this one. I manage an office and keep getting asked to install free chilled carbonated water in the kitchens across site. That is middle class madness. That is. Well, it? I was in a chip shop the other day, fi- mm-hmm. proper fish and chip shop. Now that I'm gluten, well, for years I've been gluten free. So having the gluten free chat in a chip shop's oh, mad I'd enough, love to right? Hear that. And I said to him, like, can you? Because once I was in a chip shop and they did grilled fish without batter. Mm. So I was saying, I like, can you just have fish, and they were staring at me like, what? <laughs> and then at the point they were thinking, who's this idiot? Yeah. I then asked for mushy peas to get back some working class sort of, you know, yeah. face. And then he put the polystyrene cup that they're in, in the microwave. And I went, uh, no, I'm not going to eat that. I can't <laughs> eat microwave polystyrene because I think the chemicals will leach into the mushy peas. And I just, I mean, I, but th- surely Did that's Did the guy bad. just jump over the counter? He should have done. Assault you with a, a <laughs> massive deep fried sausage. I just left thinking I probably don't need to go to chip shops anymore. <laughs> this is good. I know a guy who sent a light bulb pack. Uh, back to Phillips because it had a six-year guarantee and he claimed only lasted five. That is quite uh, an interesting thing to do. I mean, that is a whole other world. <laughs> this, isn't it? Yeah. Have you seen that? They do, I think it's called a Philips Hue. It's got like a million different colours on it. I heard somebody complaining about that recently. Somebody Philips said, Hue? What, is a type of bulb? It's a bulb that if you you can control it with an app and it's got something like a million oh, different right, colours. So you can, the warmth yeah. of the colour. And somebody right. said, I can't get the right shade of magenta what well, that wasn't the correct word but it was I do moan about I just got the new iPhone or whatever yeah. like a newer iPhone mm. and you to turn the light on is different now the, the way you swipe yeah I don't know if that's a middle class complaint or just I'm just getting older and like every time they change things it's like when they move the avocados in a supermarket <laughs> so I'll just now I don't know how to do it do you hear that sound like of it. sympathy? Just the, there's none. There's no. none. There's absolutely no Some sympathy. Some people worked in mines. Yeah. <laughs> Since you are another one for us, uh, Martin in East Yorkshire says, "I work for the regional electricity company at in a very middle class area of East Yorkshire." My colleague was informed by a disgruntled resident, although the new cable route had been tidied up very neatly, the tarmac was too black and didn't match oh. the surrounding area. That is outstanding. This is Radio X. Gordon Smart, Matt Morgan. Right, that's the High Flying Birds with a man called Mr. Noel Gallagher. This is the place, Gordon Smart on Radio X with Kelly Jones. Now, Kelly, I will often blow smoke up your backside, right? And this is a reason that I think people should applaud you because you've just been on holiday Mm. as a rock star to Wales. That's it. We'll applaud that. Rock could have gone anywhere in the world, went to Wales on holiday. <laughs> After the Swansea gig, caravan on the beach, didn't you? I went to Wales. I had a, It was good, actually. Saw the folks, my brothers and that. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. Your mad brother. Yeah. That, that gig... He's yeah, mad. I was, see him and I think, oh, no. Mate. Hide. I know. I was, yeah, he was on one that night as see, well. We'll see at Swansea. Yeah. Like, I noticed, I think he had his son with him. It was really funny that night after Swansea because I had all the kids in the, in, the, yeah. in the hotel room, like bunk beds, and, and they all had different beds, and then... They all ended up sleeping in the big double beds, and I literally slept in a fold-out camp bed that night. I just played to 35,000 people, right? Everybody was having a mash-up, yeah, yeah. and I literally looked around. I went in the shower, I came out, and everybody was kipping, and I slept in a, in a fold-out camp bed. Yeah, you know your place, though. And then you? I, the next morning, I took him to McDonald's. And that's it, and then you went off around the beaches yeah, of Wales. Did I, you get any peace? 
Uh, nah, it was it was it was good though, especially yeah. after that weekend. It was a good crack. Yeah. It was weird, man. The next day, I literally was in McDonald's and and then in the Tesco garage buying tampons for my fifteen-year-old daughter. I was just like, <laughs> the was unbelievable. <laughs> That'd have been quite a spot, yeah. didn't it? Now, Kelly, it's twelve years, I think, since your solo album. Um, yeah. And you've just done the solo tour, which went. The mm. reviews were unbelievable. Yeah, for it was it. brilliant. Yeah, didn't get to come along to this one, but I can come and see you now because you're yeah, doing more dates. September, yeah, aren't you? I am. Yeah, yeah. We're doing one up in Scotland. I think we're doing Dundee. Caird Hall. Yeah, that'd be amazing. Two thousand. Yeah. No, it was brilliant. It was. Yeah. It, it was good to you know, again, like I said at the beginning, really to throw yourself in the deep end to try something different and tell stories on stage about stuff and do lots of different arrangements of songs. It was great. So yeah. I, that might come out as a record once I finally sit down and listen to all the shows so you've got quite a lot on the go though you've got this I've been enjoying it man it's yeah. been good juggling a few different things so doing that bit with the guys from the wind the wave doing the solo thing and then getting back together the boys has made the stuff with the boys really refreshing again that's you good. know what I mean so yeah. Yeah. do you have a moment where you go that's a good and I'll keep that for myself yeah yeah I do <laughs> I'll have that one <laughs> but then I go like that no, but nobody knows my name so I'll put it back on the stereo phone <laughs> they all know that is. got another question here from Colleen she said she was blubbing like a fool in Liverpool and Manchester on your solo shows will she be getting the same songs question mark Will we get uh, some of the new songs as well on this tour? Yeah, I thought that was Rooney's missus. I'm crying about Not Derby situation. Right, no, I can't always forget. Yeah, always, um, he's got your lyrics tattooed in his arm, hasn't he? Yeah, we will be doing some new songs in September. Aye. And then we're going to probably announce the big shows of the band again. I don't know when that is. In, in a few weeks now, they're just like, piecing <clears> that together. So, yeah, yeah. we back up. Now Wayne's back at Derby County as well. You yeah. can get him along, can you? I was reading that this week. Well, you're a leaks man. That's a betting thing again. <laughs> you told me one of the best ever betting stories ever. I don't know if you but remember when that. When he fell asleep, he fell asleep on his laptop. Oh, unbelievable, man. He won a lot of money, didn't he? He did. Yeah. He was playing. Uh, was it roulette? Roulette, I think. Yeah. Digital roulette on his phone or his laptop, and he fell asleep. And I think he still woke up and won out fifty grand or something like that. See, <laughs> see, if that was me, Kelly, I'd wake up and yeah, be guys taking stuff out of my house. Lost the house. <laughs> I know. Exactly. The whole thing was done. Oh, it's magic to see you, Kelly, and uh, it's been a great summer as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, you must, it's how, been good. How are you feeling with all the moments? So it's like full of enthusiasm, excited about the it's future. It's been brilliant. We're doing, we we, yep. we end up doing the Latitude show and stuff like that, and, and mm-hmm. it's been. Um, I mean the band honestly you look out and there's 15, 16 old kids everywhere people it's, it's kind of recycle this whole thing and there's always you know generation after generation coming Aye. so it's been brilliant and you know I'm really into the new music and looking forward to getting out and playing it all still got his own hair all his own teeth still got my own hair he's not got he's fat yet actually I've had to, had to whack a bit of Dax in it hold <laughs> it down it's like I was like uh, Shirley Bassey walking out the house this morning. I love that. Scandia. Was it Scandia, Scandia Green? Green and Dax, Dax. Wax. <laughs> That's a Tinder profile for the modern era, isn't it? Caravan. Oh, mate, Kelly, lovely to see you. And you, mate. Glad to have you back. Can't wait Thank to see you. the solo stuff as well and uh, more stereophonic stuff on the way. Absolutely. Thank Happy you, days. Cheers, mate. Happy days. Right, Supergrass now on Radio X. This is all right. Radio X. We are young. This is Radio X. Good and smart. Matt Morgan. We're discussing middle class burdens, Matthew. Mm. Something you brought to our attention because of our a seed ratio conundrum. Yes, ruining the character of a loaf. Disgraceful. <laughs> <laughs> Dazzles is brilliant. He says, I had a hire car last week with no reversing camera. Struggled to park it. Wow. Yeah. yeah. See, when my, sometimes my reverse camera doesn't kick in yep. and I'm lost. I'm like, oh. <laughs> um, once my sister was reversing, using yeah. a reversing camera, so she's looking forward, yeah. and someone had a go at her saying, you're going back because you're not even looking. <laughs> it's like, no, I've got a camera. Um, someone's here talking about cars. I'm currently frustrated as I'm stuck in traffic on my way to take one of one of my cars, I think he yeah. means, to my barn to swap it for another that's better suited to my needs <laughs> this Shut weekend. Up. Chris in Bristol. No, you're not. He's got a barn full of cars. Oh, oh, this one's got slightly better gripping wheels. I'm slightly jealous of Chris in Bristol. <laughs> I can relate that. to this one. It's coming from RM. says, uh, having to find a new Pilates class to go to as my instructor's <laughs> moving away. Oh. Sad cry face. Oh, that is this, this is pretty. Class. This is definitely the same brand. Chris and Bristol should get together with Daniel Jordan. They sound like they'd be good mates. I'm already embarrassed even writing this. But I found that the metal eagle on the back of my Armani jeans is beginning to scuff the magnolia hide in the Bentley GT. Oh, <laughs> oh dear. Is that middle class? That's upper class. <laughs> That's yeah. gone into a whole new level. Yeah. Nouveau riche. When I was at Download... <laughs> <laughs> No, that's beyond, isn't it? A Bentley, that's Reesh. Yeah, that's just um, Reesh. When I was at Download, I was just about to watch Slater and I went yeah. to get a pint of cider and they gave me beer. <gasps> and I took a sip of it 
being gluten free. Yeah. And had a massive go. I was like, I might have a tummy ache now. <laughs> yeah. I'm off to go and worship Satan. Like, <laughs> and yeah. No, no, this will be no good. Oh, that's great. That is great. Um, Robin Mulholland. Good old Robin Mulholland up in Edinburgh said, when I was studying in London, I worked in Waitrose for a wee while. Customer complained about the size of the nut in an avocado. Now, Robin is a bright person, a learned lady. She said, they weren't impressed when I told them it's a seed, not a nut. <laughs> good on you, Robin. Good How on you, you complain about the size of the nut when you can't see it? They must have opened one. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, we t- oh, this is very Woody and Doncaster. We take our own metal forks to the pier for fish and chips at the seaside rather than use the tacky plastic or wooden <laughs> ones they dole out. We <laughs> Good choice of words. We then clean them with a serviette and put them back in wife's handbag for next time. I mean, come on. Radio X. Gordon Smart. Matt Morgan. Mum's net. And particularly Mum's Net Madness. Yeah. Because Matt Morgan has a weird obsession with Mum's Net. It's not which, weird. No, you've got me hooked as well. That's what you've done. I'm look, I look at it all the time now because of you. But there's, you, you've, you've ploughed this wonderful um, field once again. Yeah. So there's Mum's Net and then there's a Twitter account called Mum's Net Madness. Madness. Right. And some very clever person finds the weirdest stuff on Mum's Net. Yeah. And puts it up there. Right. There's a particular thread you might want to check about the beaker. <laughs> oh yeah, the beaker. But we won't discuss that right no, now. No, we won't discuss that. Have you got some more it. material, Matt? There's a dispute with neighbours here that's <laughs> that's I mean, listen to this, right? <laughs> so this is on Mum's Net and this I think they're asking, Am I being unreasonable? Mm-hmm. And frankly they are. <laughs> but <laughs> We don't get on well at all with our neighbours. We usually ignore them. However, today they really annoyed me, so my partner went to talk to them. The male in the couple was throwing... Listen to this. Was throwing small amounts of water out of his window onto his parking space. Unfortunately, he wasn't being that careful and some of the water ran onto our parking space too. (laughs) Luckily, it missed my car. It's water. It rains. You heard of rain. Yeah. My partner then went into my garage. The neighbours live in a flat above our garage. And the neighbour continued throwing the water out, despite the fact he must have known my partner was out there. My partner then knocked on the door several times. I was watching, and I will admit he did knock pretty hard. (laughs) But I think it was understandable that he was angry, given that he could have got water chucked at him. My neighbours didn't answer, so he left it, but I'm not sure what to do now. My partner wants to knock again, but I want to call the police, as it might possibly count as an attempted assault. Just dial dial 444. No, that's why we need that. I know that sounds a bit extreme, but I've had to call them before when my daughters saw my neighbour looking up at them in their bedroom, so it indicates a pattern of harassment. Would I be unreasonable to call the police or should my partner knock on their door again tomorrow? I have two questions. One, why was the guy throwing water out the window? And yes. what, and yeah, what Small amounts of water onto a parking Yeah, that's space. odd. And two, where? how can I live this life where this is the most stressful thing that happens in it? Because yeah. I'd, li- I'd like that. Yeah, I'd like to take those problems yeah. off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, he's throwing small amounts of water onto his own parking space. <laughs> Can't believe I can't that. deal with it. And, uh, she goes question, on. Why? She goes on. There is a backstory in that I, she puts her hands up. I did cause damage to the neighbour's car. In brackets, <laughs> it was an act of God and not my fault. <laughs> the police agreed it was an act of God and that I wasn't liable. They rudely demanded the neighbours, not God. Uh, <laughs> I pay for the damage, and that was the start of the trouble. It was my bin that blew over in a gale and dented their car slightly. They harassed us by demanding money for the damage and by staring at us. Oh, goodness. Not the stare. The stare. Yeah. But, like, why is he throwing little bits of water out? And that how, is odd. And how is he throwing these little bits of water? Is he, like, you know, just splashing them out with his fingers? I like to out of a imagine cup? he's got an egg cup <laughs> and he's naked <laughs> and he's just up there tipping them out. Yeah. Like, you know, a hip-hop star for their dead homies. <laughs> Just onto his own parking space. But, like, that is... I mean, is she being unreasonable? Yes. yes. Radio X. Gordon Smart. Matt Morgan. Matt, you said you wanted to talk to me about televisions, or did I mishear you? Uh, no, there is something here about televisions. Right. Tell me. Old form of televisions. Do you remember? A huge wooden box of a heavy Cathode glass. ray tube. Yeah, all yeah. that stuff. Now, TVs are like... 
lightweight flat screen things. Yeah, right? Not good for throwing out windows in the same old way that no, used to do. Like some nowadays, you throw them out of a window, they float down like a feather. <laughs> it's no, there's no Led Zeppelin to it. No. Um, no. Do you want this story? Yes, please. I'll hit you with it. <laughs> Sixty. That's a lot, right? Old TVs dumped outside homes by man dressed as an old TV. What? <laughs> what? That's well, that was a twist I didn't we, see coming. Yeah, you didn't see that coming, did you? Um, he, so this bloke with a TV for a head, <laughs> right, was... And that's a lot, isn't it? Like six, you go, right, that's a student prank. But yeah. 60, that's weird. Yeah. Uh, he's dumped TVs on people's doorsteps... Like old TVs, not you know, like the, yeah. the proper ones we're talking about, and he's he's got one for a head. So uh, listen, a fancy dress head. <laughs> no, he's <laughs> so got, just no, before he's you got, ask. No, I think he's taken the guts out of the TV yeah. head. Right, Otherwise, right, right, he'd right. probably not be able to walk. But do you want the facts? Yes. I'd like to know why. <laughs> You're not going to find out. Oh. But we can speculate. Adrian Garner, who caught the culprit on a home security camera, said it was a guy dressed in a jumpsuit with a TV for a head. It's the weirdest thing. He squats down, puts the TV there and walks off. It's really weird. My first reaction was, did we order this? I mean, what a millennial. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's not in an Amazon box. <laughs> it was just kind of strange. Police officers have been doing like that. This is my bugbear, but I'll get to that. Police officers have been police officers have been doing the rounds to collect the abandoned TV sets. Why are I, they doing it? Why? <laughs> we have a team of officers, waste of resources, <laughs> out there working together, collecting the TVs. We're upwards of 60 TVs so far, Lieutenant Matt Pecker said. Right? Uh, someone else said the prank was kind of funny, so they've assumed it's a prank. Yeah. Uh, police reportedly say they believe there's more than one culprit and warn they could face charges of littering on private property or illegal dumping. So they're speculating that they think it's, hey, it's college kids having a crazy joke, <laughs> right? But my thing is, like, I think, I mean, 60 TV, like, if it was, like I say, 6 to 10, you'd think, oh, because I did art, and there was all sorts of, at university, people would go, it's an art project, it's about old media. (laughs) Like, that sort of thing, right? (laughs) It's not that, because 60 TVs, that's hard to source. Do you know how hard it is to get your hands on an old cathode ray telly? Honestly, it's a nightmare. If you've got an old VHS or a Betamax video, to get that, like, a player for that is yeah. really hard. So the, wherever they're sourcing these things, that's weird. So we, we were making this, this TV show, right, where we were chucking tellies out of windows. It was meant to be the most rock and roll thing you can do, isn't yeah. it? But to get the old tellies was a nightmare. Like, people were scouring through skips. I wish I'd met this bloke. Yeah, well, they've got 60 of them. But my thing here is, and I love the story, I love the imagery, I love yep. the guy with a TV for a head, <laughs> but why are the police involved? Mm. Now, this is my pitch. <laughs> why, d- like, there should be... A thing, non-emergency police, right? Yep. Not even call them the police. There's just a service, like things like that. <laughs> Why are you going to phone the people who deal with bank robberies and murders when you just... There should be a, a subset of the police which you phone up and go, this is weird, but a man with a telly for a head's put a telly on my doorstep. <laughs> There's no emergency there. Yeah. There's not even really a crime there, but someone needs to sort this thing out. Well, they would argue it's littering maybe, which is a crime, isn't it? Yeah, but, but again, it's on. a waste. Of, I totally yeah. agree with you. But I'm no, but there's all these, like a lot of the time, yeah. there's these stories of like this weird thing happened, like those people who were in a forest and thought they could hear a mm-hmm. wild pig. Remember that? And yeah. it was actually rumble strips on a motorway, right? Yeah. They phoned the police and the police had to sort it out. So I think instead of phoning 999 emergency, you should, there should be in America and here and everywhere a service. I'm going to say 444 you phone it <laughs> right you phone it and then and then for non-emergencies for yeah. stuff like oh someone's nicked my washing off my line it's that's like not the police's problem a common sense squad you're calling it yeah 444 yeah. and Matt also Morgan's. we were talking about people who lose their passport stuff yeah there should be another thing a service where this is like I'm going to set this up as a business yeah. you go I'm stuck here I've lost my passport blah 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 this whole situation and they go alright listen We'll sort this out. We're going yep. to get you a replacement passport. You need to go to the... They sort the whole thing out. You pay them a certain amount of money. A fixer. A fixer. Like Winston Wolf. Yes. Comes along so and two things. It. Non-emergency yeah. police and a fixer app. I like it. Well, dial 444 now and you'll hear Matt Morgan on the other end. <laughs> Hello, how can I help you? Radio.